Whatever, Dave. Whatever, Dave. Whatever, Dave. Lo que sea, Dave. Whatever. Whatever, Dave. It's the Whatever, Dave Radio Network. Wherever fine podcasts are ignored. Well, it's a very special uh, Whatever Daveless episode for the second week in a row. Are you kidding me? You know, I'm going to uh, I'm going to cut Dave a little bit of slack this week. All right, uh, he's been working very hard. You're a nicer man than I. He's, am. Well, if you wanna if you wanna uh, let loose, go ahead. Let loose like lead loose. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. Uh, Dave has been working very hard, and uh, he's been bending over backwards to help people uh, this week. So, um, don't nobody tell Dave I've been saying nice things about him behind <laughs> his back, but uh, uh, we're better off without him. There we go. Yeah, where is he? Uh, he's at home. Who washing his tights? <laughs> This must have been some dirty tights if it's the second week in a row. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, All right, Rich. Well, I don't want to talk about this student loan thing, but I I guess we're going to have to. All right. And the reason I don't want to talk about the student loan thing is because I know what the quote-unquote right answer is. I know the answer that everyone's looking um, to get out of me as one of these good little millennials, but... uh, you're not going to get it. Whoa! Because I am happy as hell. <laughs> I am happy as hell. I'm going to get $10,000 knocked off of my student loans. Ooh. And I get it. You know, everyone's saying that, oh, this isn't fair. Um, you know, this is this is a, this is a bailout. This is uh, just by most. You're absolutely right. That, <laughs> that does not hamper my enthusiasm for getting $10,000 knocked Nor off my- Nor should it. Um, you t- deserve a break. Thank you. You're welcome. Tallest people said that I took the loan out and that uh, I should uh, pay it back because I said, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And uh, I had full intentions on paying back the loan. You did pay back a lot of it. In its entirety, right. I've got about 12000 left. Um, so this is going to help me. Uh, but- Everyone, uh, yes, I did take out the loan. Uh, <laughs> I was planning on paying it back, and if this didn't happen, I would pay the whole thing back. Sure. But I'm getting a ten thousand dollar break on it. You know, if anything, you're a victim of circumstance. <laughs> I, I look. Who am I to look a gift horse in the mouth? <laughs> you know, Rich. Yeah. This this ten thousand discount, ten thousand dollar discount. I'm going to take it for the troops. Oh, there you go. If you attach that to it, it can't be bad in any way. Um, you can call me a scumbag freeloader. You're absolutely I do that anyway. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, again, <laughs> that is not hampering my joy <laughs> because college, college loan debt. Number one, if you paid off your college loans in like the seventies and eighties, I don't want to hear it. That's back when you used to be able to pay for a whole semester of college working over the summer. Okay. Um, in twenty November of 2021, CNBC put out a story that says college costs have increased by 169% since 1980. Are you kidding me? But pay for young workers are is only up by 19%. Dave, you suck. So if that makes me a scumbag, I guess I'm a scumbag. <laughs> but if there's $10,000 out there, um, I'm going to take it. Um, And why wouldn't you? You'd be a fool not to. And for for all you people out there um, who don't share in my happiness, don't ask me how to open a PDF. (laughs) Don't ask me how to attach something to an email. (laughs) 
I'm paying into Medicare, <laughs> which I may or may not ever use. I'm paying into Social Security, sure, which may or may not be there by oh, the yeah. time I'm ready to collect. You could die tomorrow. And a lot of people do. Yeah. A lot of people will die tomorrow and will never collect any of that money. Right. What if I die saving the Earth from an asteroid like Bruce Willis in Armageddon before I'm 65? Yeah. Then I pay it into all the Social Security for nothing. That's a great question. That's a scam. Yeah. So, yes, this is incredibly unfair. But I'm happy that finally something unfair is breaking in my direction. Sure. Listen, I, I tell you, anytime the government gives something back to you or gives you money in any form, it's a cause for celebration right. in my eyes because they've wasted so much money, so much of your taxes on other things. Right. If they're going to give you some back in this form, I don't care what form it is. Well, and that's the thing. Yes, indirectly, the taxpayer is going to have to pay for this. But it's not going to increase people's taxes, and you're just going to take money away from something stupid the government was going to blow it on yeah, and direct it towards something stupid that benefits me. There you go. There you go. So the wheel spins around, and it just happened to land on you this time. I mean, money's made up anyway. Remember oh, yeah. when Cash for Clunkers was going on, and oh, they, yeah. they asked Obama, how'd you come up with what was whatever the number right, was? It was Seven. arbitrary. Right, he goes, they're like, he's like, I don't know, it's just a number. I made it up. <laughs> it, was an, it was an arbitrary number. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that, I, and, and that's going to be very unsatisfying, because I know that a lot of these older people see me as one of these good millennials, or they used to. And they wanted me to say, as one of the people, as their token student loan um, payer, saying, oh, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely unfair. Uh, that's true, and I'm still happy about it. You act like people listen to this show. That's true. Which, you know what, that's very millennial of me. Oh, I'm the, I'm the well, star of my own movie here. There you go. Thinking. <laughs> You're right. You're right. This is going to change anything between me and anyone else. Uh, <laughs> You're talking to Air Michael. Right. I'm talking to you and and, and Paul and um, and Aeon. That's Annie it. and yeah, sure. And that's it. So, um, you know what though? One of the things people are saying is that, well, this is not going to do anything to bring down the cost of a college education, which is true. And I think, Rich, you and I went to college at a time where it was a few years after the booming uh the booming halcyon days of the 1990s <laughs> where companies were hiring people just to make it easier on their other employees and back then the thought was just go get a college degree it'll set you apart and people will hire you just because they see you've got a degree and they know that you stick stick Two things. Mm -hmm. You're well, dedicated, right? In a sense. Fast forward to um, the Iraq War. Fast forward to the recession of 2008 when you and I graduated, and that was no longer the case. And I really struggle deciding if I feel like my college education was worth the money, um, because on one hand, my college experience was extremely valuable and it got me to where i am today which is where i wanted to be but 
that was everything outside of classes in the college. That was us working at the college radio station. That was me getting on the equipment and self-teaching myself. Classes, the stuff I actually paid for, <laughs> I don't feel like I, I, I'm ever going to get a return on that. I, I don't know how you feel about the value of a college education, especially... I graduated with a comm degree in early Facebook days. That thing is obsolete now. <laughs> it is completely obsolete. So, um, so, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if I had a college-age kid graduating high school, I, I don't know if I would advise them to go to college unless they knew what they wanted to do. College is still pertinent and relevant and valuable in my eyes for basically one thing. It gives you a sense of how other people view the world. Hmm. And there are an awful lot of people in this world who don't have that, who are isolated in a sense. And there's, I mean, you can thrive. You can still thrive. You can still have a very enjoyable life. But it might make it very difficult for you when you encounter somebody whose beliefs are different than yours. And that's not to say that college doesn't uh, attempt to brainwash people in, in certain aspects or push agendas, because it certainly does. But it provides for you an arena of, a, of several different thoughts and several different ways of thinking. And for that, I will always cherish it, in addition to all of the uh, good times that I had and in the opportunities that I had at the right. college radio station, like you mentioned. Yeah, I, I think we're on the same page. I think we feel that college itself might have been worth the investment, but not the classes themselves. <laughs> like you, unfortunately, it's like that tuition is like uh, it's like you yearly dues into a membership that allows you um, to assimilate into a, a, a campus life mm -hmm. and to have um, to have access to the amenities and the peripheral benefits of colleges outside of your actual cl class load mm -hmm. yeah so but anyway um, I did post on my Facebook on Tuesday that if Joe Byron forgives my student loans that everyone's getting a hot and ready um, however it's only $10,000, <laughs> so I'm going to buy one hot and ready for everyone instead of everyone. Well, that's still yeah. nice. And, and i got to be honest, Rich, I'm not convinced that this is a done deal yet. I think there's going to be challenges. I think there's going to be delays. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I... Uh, I, it's been extended until the end of the year. I'll be ready to pay uh, my student loan if the bill comes due. Um, but I regret to inform you, I don't have so much integrity that I'm going to pay a bill that I'm <laughs> off the hook for. Well, so, I, I, hey, I don't blame you. All right. Let's get into your stack of stuff, Richard. Oh, sure. Well, you know, my Michael, yes. uh, we've known for a couple of weeks now that Batgirl mm. has been shelved by right. Warner Brothers. You recall that. And it's a shame, too, because it was another opportunity for us to see our favorite Batman, Michael Keaton, right? That's and a crime. It is. That a new Michael Keaton movie... Uh, pertaining to Batman is not going to see the light of day. I couldn't agree with you more. The big question was why? Why was this movie banned? Why was it shelved? Not banned, I should say, but but shelved. Right. You know, and it, there's all sorts of theories speculating, and of course a lot of people were wondering what well, was the movie really that bad? 
And at first, the newly instated CEO of the company gave a big spiel about how they wanted to maintain quality of the DC characters. Right. And they had this new 10-year plan that would follow suit with the you know what Marvel did with their franchise heroes. But ultimately, do you know why they decided to scrap it? Isn't it? Isn't there some kind of an insurance thing where they can make their money back as long as nobody ever sees the movie? They can save more money by claiming it as a tax write-off. So if they say that they made zero money off right. of it, their strategy is instead of spending another estimated $90 million to market the movie in theaters and on HBO Max, they can claim their initial $90 million investment as a loss and use it as a tax write-off, and in so doing, alleviate some of Warner Brothers' billions of dollars in debt. Huh. So obviously the cast and director are devastated. Right. This Me brings... as a Michael Keaton Batman oh, fan, yeah. I'm devastated. Oh, yeah, sure. And there were a lot of fans who were actually gearing up for that. Sure. You know, I mean, in this era of, of uh, female empowerment, which I applaud and enjoy quite a bit, uh, it would have fit right in, right. I think. This brings me to a bigger topic, though, mm-hmm, Michael. Mm-hmm. There are several movies that will never see the light of day. We're talking about completed films that were unreleased. Right. And I wanted to go through just a few of them with you and see which ones pique your interest the most here. Is there a a sequel to (laughs) Geely? Boy, I wish. You know, you're not too far off from some of this stuff. There was uh, a movie uh, uh, that was going to be made about the Fantastic Four. Okay. And this is this predates the 2005 version, the 2015 version, and this guy got the rights to the movie in 1983, and he was running out of time to make the movie. So okay. in order to maintain his uh, ownership of the rights, he had to make the movie. Oh my goodness! So he did it on the cheap. He got you know these really lousy special effects, and so they actually did make the movie in 1994, and uh, the. Uh, executive at Sony Pictures, just before they were going to release the movie, paid the guy who owned the rights to it to not release it because he thought it was garbage. Right. It's so bad, I'll pay you not. Right. 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 And they, did, they didn't end up uh, you know, releasing the movie. They never told the cast, never told right. the crew, never told anybody. They're still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but you can actually see this movie on YouTube. Was and it's cute. I what, mean, it's, it's was there terrible. anyone of note in it? No, or, really. no, okay. no. I mean, if you remember the guy who yeah. played Pete from MacGyver, he's no. in it. <laughs> Unless he was one of the Pete's from Pete and Pete. Um, so my question is: Okay, so this thing has been seen on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that it lost its tax write-off status? Like, what's the statute of limitations? Oh, I don't... But by then, I mean this thing has gone through right. so many different rights. If the, the original owner doesn't even own it anymore, right? It's a non sequitur. Right. It's they. They right. can't do an official release of it. Right. So, like, but for, like, Batgirl, mm-hmm. is, is it, like, the public domain after 50 years people can see it? Or or can it oh, that's a great n- never question. see the light of day? Um, you, you know, Rich, I got to say, I kind of get burnt out on Marvel movies, but this was before the, uni- the, the, the Marvel Universe where you had to watch 100. Sure. Um the only thing that interests me about this movie is the bad special effects. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put that down as a maybe. Uh, okay. And I'm going to wait until I hear some of the other ones. Okay. Here comes another one that I think we've actually discussed in yes. the past before. Pitch me a movie. I'm a big time movie exec trying to resurrect one of these, and I'll give one the green light. The Day the Clown Died. Excuse me, Clown Cried. Is this 1972 the, Swedish French film. Is, yes, the this, Jerry Lewis one. The Jerry one. Lewis one, yes. Yep, you got it. Which, I mean, you could. The plot. Yeah, tell me more about it. It's, <laughs> it's a very bizarre oh, plot. Oh, it's horrible. 
an untalented clown drunkenly rants about Hitler. That sounds like our TikTok. Yeah, that's not bad. So far, I'm into it. So he gets sent to a concentration camp. Well, not, not, too, not too thrilled about that. He brags about being a clown, and, and the other prisoners laugh at him. But he finds some Jewish children who enjoy his performances. Okay, this might be a little uplifting. I don't know. He's forbidden from performing by guards who then kill his only friend. Oh, my God. So it's starting to get real grim real fast. I've gone between depressed and uplifted about four times (laughs) since you started reading this description. Well, it's going to even out right here into one category. They then use the clown to help get children on trains to Auschwitz and into gas chambers. Despondent, the clown stays in the gas chambers to die with the children, so pretty damn bleak. Oh, oh, you mean it evens out to depressing? Not, yeah, to okay. depressing. No, not happy. No, not in any way. You know, I would see this if it had a happy ending, but <laughs> would you really? I still couldn't go through all. You know, that. Rich, I gotta tell you, I, I gotta tell you, I don't understand movies that don't have happy endings. I know that I, I know that maybe it's it's subversive, or you're kind of zigging while other people are zagging. Sure. But uh, what was that movie, Don't Look Up, with, uh, ah. and spoiler alert, Don't Look Up, um, it was this comedy, and then at the end, everyone dies anyway. And so I said, okay, well, <laughs> I sat here for two hours, I got invested in these these characters, I had hope the whole time, and they ended up dying anyway. Why did I just waste my time getting invested into these characters if they're just going to die? I agree wholeheartedly. So, I, I mean, I, I guess maybe it's it's unique or it's a twist, but I, if I'm watching a movie, I'm, I'm not looking to be intellectually stimulated. I just want some kind of, uh, you know, I want some story and I want the characters that I fall in love with to prevail and... Uh, Although this is very interesting because it's Jerry Lewis doing something very sad, uh, I think I'm going to pass on that one. He does say that, uh, well, Jerry Lewis actually said that he will allow people to see it in 2024. For some reason, huh. he's going to, in 2024. Is he still alive? No, he's, he's okay. passed away a few years he ago. He probably wanted to make sure he was dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. He Maybe yeah. he assumed, I'm not going to make it past, you know, this Time. I think maybe I'll watch this movie and then I'll stop at the part where he's making the children laugh. Yeah, maybe. So it's like a happy ending. <laughs> at least see the, the, the film texture and the quality of the movie. How many more of these movies you got there? Just a couple more because we're going to blow through. You know, there's a Kevin Spacey movie. Yeah. There's a Louis C.K. movie and there's a Bill Cosby movie. So we understand why those aren't going to see the Yeah, the right. Day, but, those never will. And those really don't pique my interest. This one, however, and this let's say this will be the last one for time's sake. This one did pique my interest. Brendan Fraser. Oh, I'm I'm listening. Starred in a 2004 film called Big Bug Man. <laughs> which, Wasn't that George of the Jungle? Yeah. Which also featured Marlon Brando in his last role before his death. Was shelved for unknown reasons a few years later. It's unknown how much work was completed on the film, though Brando's recording was complete. The movie's plot involved... <laughs> <laughs> the movie's plot involved a candy company worker getting superpowers after being bitten by a bug. Okay. Brand, well, Br- sounds familiar. Sure. I, a, br- this is, uh, I, I will say, an inspired stroke of genius. George here. of the Jungle, No Way Home. <laughs> Brando played an old woman. Oh. Doing so in full drag, despite the fact that he was just providing the voice. So I don't even know how that works. 
He called it the most fun he'd had since playing Julius Caesar. So that's definitely one yeah. I would like yeah, to Yeah, that's the winner. So out of that, is that the winner that's for you? That's the winner. So out of Batgirl, out of that, out of the... Oh, the, Batgirl's yeah, we'll on the table, bit, too. We'll throw in Batgirl. Well, I, th- yeah. oh, I think I would probably pick Batgirl then. Okay. If Batgirl's on the table. I'm, I'm going to have to go with the uh, the Marlon Brando and drag one. Well, I wouldn't be mad at either one. I, I understand. Just for yucks, I do want to mention a movie called A Woman of the Sea, which was a Charlie Chaplin film, Ooh. which he didn't release, never wanted anybody to see it. And ironically, he claimed it on his taxes, right. too. He did the same thing that, you know, 100 years later, Warner Brothers is now doing. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder how many people do that as a grift. Yeah, that's a yeah. great question. Next topic. Yes, that's right. Uh, I had one more thing to say about them, but I can't remember it. Oh, oh yeah, wasn't Marlon Brando a major weirdo? Didn't he want to oh, yeah. be uh, be like a bagel in the Superman movie yeah, or something? Yeah, that was him trying to get out of actually appearing oh. in the movie. He wanted to just do the voice and still collect the $3 million. They I see. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, since we're staying on the topic of free money here. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Twitter was in the news this week because um, their former head of security, a f- fellow named Pater, P-E-I-T-E-R, I'm oh, guessing. that's a Russian spelling. Yeah, Zatko. P- Pater Mudge Zatko. Blew the whistle on some... Um, some um, shortfallings in, in, in Twitter security. Oh. Um, he alleges that... Um, Uh-oh! That uh, too many employees have access to Twitter's central controls and sensitive information. Um, he says that uh, senior most executive misled the board and shareholders about um, the security of the platform. And he even alleges that there are agents from foreign government embedded as spies really? within Twitter. No. So, yeah. Um, but... Twitter is not the only one having a bad week. Meta, which was recently sold, um, which was recently sued, and that's the uh, parent company of Facebook and Instagram, for $90 million um, by users whose locations continue to be uh, tracked despite uh, logging off the app. Um, oh, so they were done using They They had logged out completely. Yes. And they were still tracked. Yes. Um wow. And then another class action lawsuit um, where one, two, three, where five people um, filed a lawsuit that uh, Meta was tracking their data. Um, they were awarded $38 million. Wow. And um, I guess if um, you're one of these people who were tracked or had your data um, unwillingly spied on by Meta, um, you might get an email saying that you can file a class action lawsuit. It's actually kind of serious, Dave. <laughs> wow. But I got to say, Rich, I kind of feel anytime I have my phone in my pocket, I just assume I'm getting tracked oh, for by sure. an app. Yeah, I've given, that, I've given privacy up a long time ago. So, but I mean, yeah, set, set, I like the student loans, Rich. If you send me the email saying I've got some money coming, I'm going to fill out that class action lawsuit and get my $20 or whatever you end up making in a class action lawsuit. You know, I wonder how that works. I mean, if you're going to have to pay some kind of a, a an attorney fee up front first, that might be the scam that they get you with. I don't, I don't think know. so because I 
had these supplements that I used to buy. Oh, and this is an, an intriguing yes. Pandora's box to unlock. And there was a class action lawsuit that said that somebody sued them because Dave, you suck uh, because they did not claim uh, to work the way that they claimed. Mm. And so I got a letter in the mail. Mm-hmm. I had to fill something out. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years later, I got a letter in the mail for five dollars, and no! I couldn't remember what it was for. It was for this class action lawsuit. No kidding. So yeah, class action lawsuit. All that stuff is okay. Uh, it's legit. Yeah, and then you get paid based on how many people, um, how many people actually file a claim. So okay. you know, say for this $40 million lawsuit, if there's only two, oh you get $20, gosh, $20 million, million each. Yeah, it's in your best interest to, to fill out the paperwork. If you get 2 million people, you get 20, you get $20. Gosh. So it really all just... And maybe with that, Rich, I will buy the new Chipotle water cup candle. Have you heard about this? <laughs> no, do tell. The Chipotle is selling <laughs> a scented candle. What? It's called water cup, and it smells like the lemonade that people put in the water cup instead of water that they steal from the restaurant. Oh, you're kidding me. No. Wow. And I've said for the longest time that if I could come up with a scented candle, it would be Target. Oh, It would smell like popcorn popcorn, at Starbucks. There's something about the smell of popcorn. it's intoxicating. Maybe because it reminds me of being at a movie theater. I just feel it's festive and relaxing at the same time. Festive, relaxing. Uh, youthful in a way because you've, you've yes, gone to the nostalgic. movies all Nostalgic. Yes. You're thinking your buds are with you, your lady. You've got your arm around your lady. Right. You know? It fills me with sexual tension that goes nowhere. <laughs> Next topic. Sorry, oh, I stuck to it. So this show, you know, I yeah, right. tell you. Yeah, well, we're the most erotic of all the shows on thegreatvoice.com. <laughs> Voted by us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm and I'm proud of that, and I hope we can keep that moniker. Yeah. The diversity episode has been omitted from the office syndication package I, on Comedy Central. I had a feeling this day was coming with some of the office interview uh, mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, B.J. Novak, mm-hmm. who, you know, starred on The Office. Plays Ryan. Yep. Very talented individual. Was on um, Bill Maher's late night talk show. And he was talking about cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had some very interesting things to say. I, I find him to be a very erudite, uh, intelligent person. Th- that means he has both man and woman parts. <laughs> right. He was saying that, um, Bill Maher was asking him about the, the divide in this country mm-hmm. between red and blue. And, and at first they were talking about that. And he, he said it's, it's more about emotion than the argument is, itself. He suggested that we stop picking at the scab of the things we disagree about and focus on comedy, sports, art, or sitting down over dinner. That's a start. So he, he provided that mm-hmm. information. And then he referred to the gatekeepers who worry too much about hurting the audience with controversial points of view. Audiences can be trusted, he says. He thinks that audiences are, are very intelligent and very smart. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that people are worried not so much about being offended, but that other people will be offended. By something. Right. So these gatekeepers. They're not the offending themselves, but they, they they project that thinking other people will be offended yes. and they kind of jump in early, so to speak. Yes. And I thought that was a fascinating point to make. Yeah. And, and obviously, Rich, I'm going to be biased because we both love The Office. Yeah. Um, but I can't, see, like, 
and maybe the diversity day thing goes a little bit too far, but I kind of always thought that these were behaviors that were being mocked through the character of Michael Scott. Yes, Michael yes, Scott yes. was the one making, you know, tone deaf jokes about race or, yes. or, or being tone deaf sexist. And he was kind of like the jester saying, this is not what you do. Right. And then they show all the other people who are a straight man around reacting the way normal people do. So to me, it was always like, making fun of that behavior through Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott. Yes, absolutely. The whole idea of the diversity episode is to point out right. the foolishness and the stupidity of those stereotypes. Right. And and Michael's denseness and his daftness. I do have to ask you, mm-hmm. in the realm of television, uh, since its inception, we've seen murder yep. after murder. We've seen rape. Mm-hmm. We've seen terrible things happen to people. And all of that gets put on without much question or judgment. Right. But when you come to religion, ethnicity, sexuality, these are things that everybody's very careful with. And I wonder, what's, what's the, why, is, why are we so afraid of some of the words that are used on television but not the actions well it might be the subtleness of it i mean when you're watching violence on tv Mm -hmm. you know that that's not reality okay you know when you're and i don't know i I, this is just a theory i i think maybe if you start making sexist jokes or seeing sexist jokes people might be afraid that that's going to become tolerated in in the real world and maybe okay. they want to nip that in the bud. I don't know. I mean, me personally, unless it's like completely heinous, unless unless the humor itself is poking fun of someone's race or gender instead of poking fun at the person poking fun at it. Right. And 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 I think to me that might be the difference in in, in some of these shows. Like Michael Scott was the firewall. Yes. He's like this is what you don't do. Right. And I I you know, sex and, and violence, I I I don't I don't know why that's more um, tolerated. Yeah. I, I think maybe... It's tolerated by the audience. Though, well, I too. think maybe, and that's because maybe at the beginning of a TV show, you can put up, warning, there's sex and violence in this in this TV show, where mm-hmm. it just says TV M14, and it says adult content, and that adult content could be something subversively racist or sexist. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all in the way it's done. Yes. Um, so, I don't know. I mean... There's a lot of people um, who won't let their kids watch sex and violence, but they'll let them watch, you know, like The Office or something. Uh, but you're right. I mean, um, it seems like it seems like when it comes to to insensitive words, there's more mobilization against it. Yeah. And I'm just going to guess that maybe it's because it's more subtle. I think people watching violence on TV they don't necessarily think that that's going to become internalized and accepted in our culture, where if they see subtle racism or subtle sexism, they might. Okay. So that's just my guess. Sure. What I do wonder, too, is how South Park has managed to survive all of this. The only thing I, I would say is that it's saving grace is that it's 
is very satirical and intelligent yes. the way that it handles things much like the office right it's nuanced in that sense yeah well and i think and, and i haven't watched south park in in forever but i think south park and family guy mm-hmm. i think they've been kind of grandfathered in yeah to where they started in the late 90s where um we weren't quite as sensitive on top of that they lampoon everybody yeah and on equal t- opportunity lampooners, right? And it's always very over the top. So mm-hmm. the and and and, and their cartoons. Now, mind you, I I want to make it known. I enjoy these shows. Yeah, I watch these shows. I'm not somebody who's going out there picketing right. any of these shows. I'm just fascinated by how some material gets through and some material doesn't. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think right now. I think right now, I, I don't want to say the culture war because I don't want to sound like I'm Fox I News. Know, I know. But I, I think people are worried about racism and sexism being more accepted than it has been. I think people are afraid we're going backwards mm-hmm. in that. You know, blame it on, you know, our political parties going more and more radical blame it on some of our more brashly speaking political figures but i think right now i think people are afraid we're going to go backwards when it comes to racism and 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 misogyny so i that could also be why there's more of a hairpin trigger for that and i don't think that's a bad thing i like that people are uh, uh, weary of that happening because back when the office was on all those things were clearly taboo. Mm-hmm. There, and so you could look at Michael Scott as as look at look at this idiot, right? And look at the way normal people respond to him. That's what made it funny, right? And now it's like, oh well, that's just some locker room talk. Oh well, and, and I think that people are are afraid that we're going backwards. They might they might be overcorrecting. Overcorrecting, overcorrecting. is the perfect word because yes. the, the phrase that I was going to use would have been oversensitive, and that's not the right term to use. I I almost said overreacting. Overcorrecting is such a better way, a more accurate way of describing that. Totally agree. The only thing that I've seen recently that I was like, ooh, I might pull this episode off the air, is, uh, you know, I've I've resisted Seinfeld for many years. Mm -hmm. Um, I got into it on TNT a couple summers ago, and I started watching it again on Comedy Central um, uh, this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I know it was the 90s and a lot of things were kind of more accepted back then. And it is really clever writing. Sure. But there's this one episode where George and Jerry are going to pitch their show uh, to this the, the head of NBC. And his 15-year-old daughter, played by Denise Richards, who wasn't right. 15-year-old no. at the time, but she was playing a 15-year-old. And I don't remember if it was George or Jerry who took a peek. It was George, yeah. It was George. Well, it was Jerry who took a peek initially. They both actually right. looked. Right, And so- George the, got caught. Yeah. And, and then so later on, Elaine's kind of like the voice of reason. And then Jerry says something really creepy, like, oh, there's no age when it comes to peeking. I'm like, ooh. I said- this is like the one time I, I might kind of take take an episode off the air because sure. she was yeah that's gross being portrayed as fifteen right but, right you but, can't sexualize yeah. somebody who's that right young but, like that and you know maybe it's easier for me as a straight white guy to take this stuff with a grain of salt for the most part unless it's heinous unless mm-hmm. it's heinous 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 mm-hmm. I understand that sensibilities were different at the time yeah. 
Um, uh, but you, I mean, that that episode makes me cringe too. Yeah, and sometimes stuff on the office will make me cringe. Yeah, it will. But uh, I, that's that's normal because of the Michael Scott's behavior, right? And, and like I said, when I watch, when I watch, even though the genius of Steve Carell playing that role is you like Michael Scott, who if if you knew Michael Scott in real life, you would hate him. You would just think he's an absolute bumbling buffoon. Sure. He's a liability. But Steve Carell's genius is that you like Michael Scott, but you also know when they're making fun of a bad behavior, yeah. so to speak. So. Uh, well, Rich, we got very deep and philosophical. We're out of time. Oh, we didn't have any time to call Dave. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Is it Who was in his Maybe the three of us will be, be back next week. Suddenly, Dave has a great job. Maybe it'll just be me and Rich from here on out. Oh. You'll have no, to... no, no. That's not going to no. happen. Yeah, I, we, we've already got all the graphics printed up for the name of the <laughs> right, show. Right, right, right. So. We've invested way too yes. much in promotional material it's, to get rid of Dave. It's way too late to turn back now, much to our <laughs> chagrin. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.